Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Welch. And this is The Good Life Bow Hunter, the official podcast of the NBA. It is, my friend. We're back again. We're trying to get uh, a little more back in our rhythm here. We sort of had a, some hiatuses in, during hunting season, but just got one up uploaded the other day, and here we are recording another one. So, Yeah, feels nice being with a regular rhythm again. For sure. A little more normal, so. Definitely. Well, we've got a fellow NBA member on today, and uh, we're really excited about this. I think everybody's going to enjoy this. Um, Matt, you want to go ahead and just uh, give us an introduction? Just tell us about yourself. Tell us where you're from. Uh, maybe, you know, how you kind of got to, you know, be involved in the NBA, how you knew about that, and just kind of Tell us about that. Go, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Matt Maus uh, grew up in Nebraska. And I say Nebraska in general because I, you name a corner of Nebraska, I, I lived there. I, I lived in Cody, Ainsworth, Shadron, Ogallala, North Platte, uh, Lincoln, Kearney, but I probably consider Broken Bow my hometown. Spent the majority of my years there. Uh, currently live in Lincoln. Um, love to make it back out there to the Sand Hills whenever I can, but that's that's not nearly enough. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's see. How did I get involved in the NBA? Uh, you know, I think uh, probably like a lot of people, I got started uh, hunting. Uh, you know, birds and things when I was a kid and then kind of went into uh, deer hunting and, and uh, mainly hunting with a, with a rifle. Um, and as I got older, uh, I kind of realized, man, I, I kind of like this thing. I, I like this hunting thing. You know what? Nine days isn't enough. And uh, so just kind of transitioned, uh, wanted a way to get into bow hunting and when I was doing that, uh, you know, the, the internet wasn't nearly what it is now. So, so to get that information, I started out, uh, seeking out other people that that bow hunted, and you know, tried to get what I could off of them. And let's see, I think it was probably uh, Tom Pleiss then that kind of got me started in uh, the Nebraska Bow Hunters Association. I guess that's uh, my long-winded answer to where I'm from and uh, how I got started in the NBA. And and I have to say, it's it's been great. Met a lot of uh, other good friends in the NBA. And, uh, they've done a lot of good things for both. One of the best, I think. I love September first opener. Absolutely, for sure. Um, Matt, I know, uh, you know, I know you, you know, not only do you bow hunt, but you're a, a, a trad guy for the most part, I think. Um, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, how you got interested in that and, um, you know, what that looks like as far as, you know, um, you know, who you sort of learned and what, uh, learned that stuff from and, um, where you kind of got your start there, I guess. Oh, sure. Yeah, that, that's kind of interesting there, too. So, uh, you know, I told you uh, when I started bow hunting, it was because uh, 
I had decided rifle hunting, you know, just wasn't enough. And I, I guess after spending uh, over 20 years bow hunting, I had kind of decided uh, I was ready for a, for a new challenge. And, um, you know, I, I just kind of started to dabble in it. But again, Tom Pleiss, uh, Bryce Lamley, Greg Kush, those are, and, and Greg, uh, or excuse me, Greg Schoenberg. Sure. Those are the guys that got me started uh, on the trad side of it. And uh, I, I was dabbling in it. I had shot a doe, probably, I think, 2014 or so. And uh, that next year, I, I had this buck. I had been getting tons of trail camera pictures out, just this heavy, beautiful, palmated buck. And uh, went out one night and was still just kind of dabbling at that point in traditional archery. That was actually the first night I had gone out only with the recurve bow. Up until that point, I was carrying both along. <laughs> the decision when the deer comes in. Well, that night, Sure enough, that, that heavy palmated deer comes in to 22 yards. And uh, you know, nervous, draw back, hit my anchor point. Shot looks good, slides right underneath his chest. <laughs> well, so anyway, I guess kind of that night, or actually it wasn't even that night, a couple weeks later, um, Brent Kneifel, uh, and he's clear up in northeastern Nebraska now, sends me, actually in the, at the time he was in Iowa, and he sends me a picture. Hey, is this that deer you were after? And it's a guy sitting behind there holding it. I'm like, oh, crap, yeah. <laughs> so uh, how it made it over to him, I don't know for sure, but it was the same block. And and it was then that I kind of decided that, uh, okay, you're either going to commit to this or you're, you're going to go just strictly combat. I, I don't care one way or the other. You know, it's, it's everyone's personal choice what they want to do. But it was the next evolution for me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you certainly had some success with it, I would say, here. <laughs> it was a pretty good year for me. So, yeah, I'd say so. Looks like uh, you kicked it off pretty early. It looks like you started down in New Mexico. You want to talk about your season so far and start with that, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, sometimes in life, it's it's better to be lucky than good. And uh, I would say my luck kind of came in um, with one of the spots I, I hunted. Um, Got to know the guy who owned the land next to the place I had permission. And uh, over the years, we just kind of started to develop a, a friendship. And it's, it's kind of funny. Um, we, we hunt really well together. We've done four Alaskan moose hunts. I've gone on an oryx hunt with him in New Mexico when he drew a tag there. And, uh, multiple elk. The, the funny part of it is, is this guy is mainly a gun hunter who just dabbles a little bit in bow hunting, 
but yet somehow it works out pretty well with us. Uh, so anyway, uh, a, a few years ago, let's see, it would have been about six years ago, his dad had sold some land and needed to, uh, you know, to avoid paying some taxes on and stuff. Well, he ends up buying a ranch in New Mexico, Unit 15 in New Mexico. And uh, lo and behold, uh, they've been generous enough to, uh, to give me one of the landowner tags for those years because uh, it's about a 5% draw that unit and uh, and so anyway uh long story short there um uh, they did give me one of the tags for this past year and uh my friend hugh wasn't able to go down during archery season so i went down there with a long time friend uh we get down there to the ranch and you know there's just a tiny bit of water left in, in one of the Holes up the water holes up there and go up there opening morning and I wish there was more to the story but I'm sitting there and I see a bull walking around the corner that's a pretty nice bull <laughs> he came into about 15 yards first 30 minutes of season and, and done oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but, and it was a pretty awful pack job to you know had to walk out about 75 yards, find him bed, walk back to the cabin, get the four-wheeler with the trailer, drive up, crank him on the trailer, and pop him back down. <laughs> that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've had enough bad pack jobs over there. I deserve that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, it looked like a nice bull too. Uh, uh, it was a five, five point, I think, but pretty, pretty nice. I mean, nice five point though, not like a, you know, just a. But. Yeah, yeah, no, I was definitely. As soon as I saw him coming around the corner, I'm like, you know, I, I know Unit 15 is a trophy unit. It's 350, 375 inch bulls around down there, but I'm also. You know, sitting there with a with a trap with a, my longbow and uh, going, yeah, he's 15 yards away. <laughs> you don't pass that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, get home from there, and and then it's uh, let's see, that would have been September 15th when I. When I shot that because it was uh, the second archery season, and so of course you know I got out, did a little bit of deer hunting until before that. Just been uh, fortunate also that uh, you know twenty five or so years ago I went and knocked on a on a farmer's door and asked if it let some I don't know. <laughs> poor idiot that doesn't really know what he's doing hunt on his place and I got the response of uh, you know I, I have someone who usually hunts out here but I haven't seen him around in a while why don't you come back closer to season and I'm sure that was just his way of uh, you know kind of getting rid of me thinking I would never come back but I, I was 
pretty persistent and uh, came back and he said, well, I've never heard from him. So yeah, you can hunt over here. And, um, and that turned into uh, a good friendship over the past 25 years. And with that, uh, a lot of trust. Uh, I, I, I've never given him any reason to distrust me. And so it's uh, just worked out well where he's always said, well, you know, I have this spot, uh, why don't you come over there, or this spot here. And, uh, so it, 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 they aren't necessarily consistent, uh, you know, big buck producing pieces of property. Um, and, and it's like 80 acres here, 120 there. Um, but it's spread out, spread out all over Lancaster County, basically from from Hickman to Alms Creek. So I've been pretty fortunate. Yeah, yeah, and it looked like uh, on that same line there, you had a pretty good, uh, pretty good day this year. <laughs> you want to talk about that, Hunt? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll kind of go back you know i'm not going to proclaim to be any kind of great hunter or anything like that it's just like getting permission out there i'm persistent uh persistent and passionate and uh you know i will say by the time i i shot those deer um this year i, I think it was november 11th when i got them i had almost 60 hunts in and you know i count a morning and evening hunt separate i keep a log um, and i know you know in the 30 days leading up to that i had 38 hunts in wow <laughs> yeah uh, and and <laughs> i mean trust me i have my share of uh, skunk sits and uh, you know uh, seeing one doe or two does 150 yards away uh, but i think it was um around october 21st i i had an absolutely phenomenal set that night I, yeah so this was my first year trying out the uh tethered tree saddle i don't know if you guys have tried those at all yeah i actually we talked on a or the last podcast when i my buddy and I went to Iowa this fall and we exclusively used those um, the whole time we were there and they're fantastic. But anyways, go ahead. <laughs> hey, no, I want to hear your input on that too. I, I yeah. you know, got the tethered tree saddle and then I got the XL platform. Yep. I don't know if you use the platform. Or oh yeah. We, we got, we definitely had a platform. Um, yeah. They, uh, I think you have to have a platform really. I mean, to, make it at all comfortable but yeah i mean i was we were both um incredibly impressed with them um worked really really good especially for what we were doing i mean we were hiking in every day public land just moving trees every day it just worked really nice for that for sure but are you using climbing sticks or yep we bought some lone wolf climbing sticks um and so kind of had a system dialed in for that but yeah lone wolf climbing sticks uh uh, predator platform, you know, the uh, Lyman belt, your tree tether, and then the saddle. Um, but yeah, 
worked pretty okay. good. But yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I mainly got it because one of the properties I hunt uh, borders a, a large chunk of public land. And uh, over the past uh, three years or so, I've had about six tree stands. So I, I was getting tired of going out there to hunt and uh, where's my tree stand, you know? So, and, and yeah. too. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, what I've been doing with those tethered uh, uh, saddle and, and, and the platform, since I am mainly public land, I've been buying uh, used ladders extension ladders, really tall folding ladders, whatever it might be, strap them up to the tree, you know, paint them, camouflage them, strap them to the tree, get up in there, uh, makes it really easy. And, and if you spend $10 on ladder, you know, not quite as upset. Getting sure. Yeah, that's a little different than what the those stupid climbing sticks cost you. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and like I said, since I made private land there it's worked out pretty good so well so anyway i guess back to where i was going with this it's, i had one of those ladders set up of a cornfield you know just sat back in a little bit and this was october 21st and uh this is the first time i'd ever sat in this spot and i looked down you know it's getting kind of toward dark and I hadn't really seen much and looked down and oh well, there's a buck but I couldn't see him very well. so I did a little bit of grunting you know, too crazy but uh, before I know it I had a parade of bucks coming in front of me I actually had seven bucks within 15 yards of me that night wow. and, you know I think I said sometimes you have one of those days, and then sometimes you have those days. And, um, and even though I missed uh, the biggest of them that night, you know, it was a nice 130, 135 inch five by five, it was still one of those magic days. Yeah. But then after that, for some reason, it just got real slow for me. And, you know, taken off of early November, try to do a little more hunting and um, I, I should have known better uh, do you guys know who Monty Browning is spoke yep. at the banquet a yep. couple of years didn't he yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Monty is uh, a lot of things he is a wonderful human being great storyteller and also an excellent And uh, he had written an article for uh, a walk in the woods for Compton traditional developers. And uh, one of the things he said in there is how dramatically deer movement drops off uh, after the full moon. Said going up to and including the day of the full moon, uh, you know, deer movement is normal according to whatever the weather is. But then as soon as you move after that full moon up until uh, the new moon, deer, deer movement really drops off. Well, 
our full moon was Halloween this year, October 31st. And, uh, and yeah, deer movement. I don't know if you guys experienced that same thing the first week of November. It was horrible. Uh, is that what you guys experienced? Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you had in the moon phase, and not only that, it was, you know, 50, 60 degrees during the day. And it was like, man, you were hoping for a rut, but it was, it was, I mean, pathetic, the deer moon. Like you said, the first week of November, it was horrible, discouraging almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I had that week off work, and so I ended up canceling a couple of those days off because I saw that colder weather moving in. Second week, so I don't know. Take a couple days then. Uh, so I think it was the, the day after that ice storm that I might have the case messed up, but somewhere right around then. Um, yeah, I, that was another one of those days. <laughs> you get out to the stand, it, it was a last second decision to go to that stand because I told myself I was going to go. To, to this other stand, and then for some reason, I fade, whatever, said, out, oh, I'm going to the same stand I went to last night. And got out there, and man, it was it was another great morning. I, I don't know, five or six bucks, a dozen plus does that morning. But anyway, uh, so I did it. I'm just sitting there, and watching all these deer move over and I see this nice buck coming in. Like, oh man, huge body on this. Oh, he gives me a shot. And he's coming in following me. He's coming and gets behind a tree or well, some branches. Wasn't walked quite enough and I start to come to my, my uh, draw a little bit catches just a little bit of movement, freezes for just a minute, and then he starts to come along and he's about, I don't know, 17 to 20 yards and pull back. And uh, I knew the shot was pretty good, uh, but he was quartering to me a little more than I thought. So he ran off maybe 20, 30 yards and just stood out there and you know, kind of looked a little punch drunk and I could tell he was going to go down but I, I you know the old adage of if you have a chance try to get another arrow in him. but uh, that was a pretty long poke uh, I did hit him again but it wasn't a good shot he ran out maybe 75 yards and I, I saw him crash and so kind of sitting there thinking hmm. you know I saw him die why do I need to wait 30 minutes kind of, kind of thing? And uh, so I start packing up my stuff, and just about ready to get down. And I look up the same trail and I'm like, oh, wow, that, that's a really nice buck. And so that buck comes in and instead of sticking on the trail to the east that took the other deer, you know, 17, 20 yards, whatever it was, this one, I had sprayed some of that uh, uh, buck bomb doe urine on my boots when I walked in, and he came right under my stand, about three yard shot. 
and uh, I was just uh, it was trying to text uh, you know Tom and, and Bryce and Greg and Craig and couldn't hardly do it. I'm shaking so much and thinking, oh boy, I don't know about that second shot. He was so close, you know. And so, but but it turned out good that there wasn't good sign on the arrow, which made me really nervous. It had all the the white tallow on it. Uh, but uh, got out of the ways and I basically followed the blood trail as fast as I could walk. Because, uh, you know, coming right down on him, I punched the right Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Both, both those bucks were really nice. And that the second one, man, he was a dandy. Yeah. Those were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, one of those days. Yeah. No. That is incredible. I mean, you know, you hear guys shooting, I don't know, a couple, you know, two bucks in a day, but I mean, I don't, two bucks like that in a day, my goodness, that's, a, oh, that's no. just incredible. Yeah, I, I don't plan for that to ever happen again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome, though. I mean, what a deal. Same trail, two beautiful bucks. Two shots, dead deer. Well, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've had mixed reactions uh, over the years of, of spraying my boots or uh, bringing a drag rag, and it seems like it's kind of hit and miss. Uh, this time it, it was definitely a hit. Second buck, I know the first buck he was on, uh, so it didn't. sure. Definitely. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, no, that's a, like I said, once in a lifetime deal for sure. I mean, just a really neat, uh, neat encounter. I don't know if maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll steal a picture from you, Matt, if we can, and we'll, when we post on Instagram or whatever, we'll, we'll throw that up on the, for the story, if that's okay with you, but you bet. That, that one of the doubles an awesome picture yeah that's a great picture that's really really cool <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah it's crazy so um, yeah i still want to get out and maybe try to uh, get one more note freezer for the year ended up splitting the elk meat out so have all of that sure plus it's an excuse to get out for a little more tree therapy yeah, got to do that for yeah, sure. Another toss up on that time. Absolutely. Yeah, so I know you guys both had pretty successful years though too, Chip. Yeah, we well Zach for sure. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, yeah, Zach. Yeah, I've had a year that's far beyond what I deserve. I can tell you that. It's uh, been a lot more than I could ask for, and. A lot more than I was planning on starting anyways. I mean, it's always hard telling how much time I'll get with school. It's hard to make any plans too far ahead of time. But, no, like I said, yeah, it's been a really good year, far beyond what I deserve, definitely. And I don't know if I'll be able to ever top it. And if I don't, I'm fine with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It'll be a tough one. 
hopefully you can do it. I'm actually uh, right now, uh, you know, trying to do a little research and uh, I'm always concocting some kind of uh, uh, harebrained idea for the next time. Uh, You're not alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one I, I, right now I'm trying to figure out how to get back up to Alaska after moose again. Uh, it's a, I love moose hunting. It's, a, it's an awesome thing. The, you know, it's, it's impossible to do a guided hunt unless you're uh, rich up there. A, a guided moose hunt is $25,000. And uh, even the pilot service that I use, you know, I'm guided, just fly you out, drop you off. Started with them and, you know, they were at a reasonable price. Let's say that was 2012, the first time I met. And, uh, and now they're on three years. And prices ten thousand just to fly out. Jeez, almost three times. Trying to come up with my plan of how to get into the area without losing that. And I think I have it pretty much put together. Awesome. You planning to go again next year, Matt, or do you have a timeline? Uh, maybe two years uh, on that. Uh, just you know, the logistics of it. There's a lot to put together. Uh, one of the hardest things to do is get everyone's schedules together for next year. If they more open back up, uh, supposed to be headed up to Ontario for a bear hunt. Uh, we were supposed to do it this year, but obviously with border closed, that didn't. I don't know, you know, the the uh, the elk hunt in New Mexico is is always a gift. But, uh, you know, it's it's wonderful that uh, I'm able to go, but I never expected. Always put in for the draw down there. That's that's a long shot. Sure, definitely. Um, excellent. Well. Zach, you got anything else that we didn't hit on or missed? You know, I I don't think so. Is there is there anything, Matt? Do you want to add? Is there a favorite animal of yours? You kind of touched on moose, but uh, is there anything that really is your favorite here in the lower forty-eight? I guess. Oh, I, you know, I honestly have to say white, and I, I think the reason for that is just the amount of time that I'm able to spend doing that and how much I and I think that's just it that something we all share is you know uh, it, it's not about the destination here it's about the journey and the journey is, is awesome I love being a fan I love you know texting with the guys and seeing what they you know, Caring about what they're seeing. For sure. Absolutely. I got it. I also want to say that, you know, what I feel like it's bow hunters. We've been training for this social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> it's right up our alley. <laughs> we're, we're experts at it. We could open up a consulting. Uh, 
business. Absolutely, for sure. No, that's, I, I don't know much else, guys, but you're doing a great job. Appreciate uh, all you're doing for the end. Yeah, oh, we, appreciate, we appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and help us out a bit, get some of these episodes out and stuff. It's it's always good having members on here and letting yeah. them tell some stories for everybody and stuff. Absolutely. So, perfect. Right. Well, thanks so much, Matt. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I guess with that, uh, this is Kyle Klammer. This is Zach Welch. And this is... The Good Life Bowhunter, the official podcast of the NBA.